Welcome to the Buzz Podcast. We're here at the QRM Hive where we're hive talking. I'm Mark Heider and I'm glad you're here today. And with me today is Megan Usry. She is the Director of Reimbursement Programming for QRM. Glad to have you with me, Megan. You are the most frequent guest on my podcast. There should be like a plaque or something. I think I should hang something on the wall. I think you're right. You should. We'll get you something. <laughs> Maybe even like a Sizzler gift certificate. Like a jacket with something on the back. Most frequent guest. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Today we're going to be talking about the changes to the QM user manual. One of the many, 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 many changes that have happened over this last year. So it's one of those things that just happened. It had to happen because of all the changes to the MDA and all the other programs that CMS decided to change this year. But Megan, why are quality measures so important? Well, I mean, they measure quality, right? But that is why they're important because quality is important when it comes to anything, really, but especially in healthcare, right? You want to know whether it's a doctor's office that you're going to see, you know, a provider or a hospital or a nursing facility. You want to know that um, they give good quality care. And, you know, so that's why we measure it, right? It's a, it's a standard. Yeah. You know, I like the fact that CMS is trying to have objective measures. And, you know, I hear from time to time, you hear time to time people complaining, these quality measures don't really show the care that we're providing. My response always internally is, eh, it doesn't matter what you think. CMS really seems to like the quality measures they've developed. They're using them more frequently. They're showing up in more programs. So there's no indication that they're going to, you know, second guess their quality measures and stop using them. In fact, there's more evidence that they're going to use them more frequently, right? Yep. Across many programs, right? They love some of these quality measures so much that not only are they going to impact your five star, but also your QRP performance as well as value-based purchasing performance. So they love them so much we're being hit with them across multiple programs now yet it's troubling in some ways to see the same quality measures used for the sniff qrp and the value-based purchase program and the sniff five star i mean it's hard it's hard to think okay if i do poorly in this one area it's going to hit me and hit me and hit me mm -hmm. over and over and over but we know now we know what the rules of the game are so so now we have to be aware we have to be educated we have to figure out what do we do so what happens to us if quality measures drop and how long does it take to fix them if they do drop? If they drop and your performance, you know, declines, it could impact many areas, right? So we're looking at public reporting, right? So a change in your five-star rating, potential financial impact in the future with the changes to the QRP and the VBP, but also those state programs, right? We've got pay for performance programs in many states. So that is, it could be a direct financial hit to these facilities. So that's what happens if they dropped. As far as how long it takes to fix them, I say fix with air quotes, your quality measures need to be analyzed heavily. Root cause analysis, five whys, however you want to do it. But once you know what the root cause is, fix the care. I don't like the idea of trying to fix quality measures. Fix the root cause and the root problem for why there was a decline in the performance of that particular measure. So depending on the quality measure, could take quite a while to rebound on paper. But keeping in mind that the 
care always comes first. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people think I can address a problem and within a week or two, it's going to be reflected in my outcomes. It's going to be reflected in my quality measures. And while that may be true in some of our most simple measurements, for most of our quality measures, it takes months to a year, right? Or years if falls with major injuries. People look at that and think, when's that going to drop off? My answer is a long time. It'll take a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Quarters and quarters. For sure. But it's interesting because people also need to understand that while it would take pretty much close to a year to drop off, if you have another occurrence, you start over. It's not going to drop off. It's not going to fix itself. And I like how you talk about, you know, going back to the care. It really is based on care. One of the things I've talked about in the past and I'll keep talking about is the tendency for administrators and other operators to talk about quality measures as if it's just something that happened to the facility. Hey, when are you going to fix my quality measures? Hey, you need to check out the coding because my quality measures are off. And I always think, well, yeah, you definitely need to make sure your coding's accurate, but you can't ignore the care that causes the documentation that causes the coding, right? So you start with that care. So it takes a long time to fix them. And you got to ask yourself, now there are a lot of quality measures. And quality measures, you can say quality measures as a general term and there's a huge list. I don't even remember how many there are, but there's a huge list. But there are certain that seem to be more important than others. What are some of those that are more important than others based on the fact that they probably impact us more frequently? Yeah, so my knee-jerk reaction is to say, while yes, there is a large bank of quality measures, I don't know, I've always referred to it as a bank of quality measures. I'm not sure why. I think because like a lot of programs just pull from the bank and they use whatever they want, but they're all important to CMS, right? Or we wouldn't even be sitting here talking about them. They are all important to CMS. So, but like you said, there are some that carry a little bit more weight than others because of the programs that they impact. So, and some of them impact multiple programs, like we just said. The ones that people tend to pay the most attention to are those five-star quality measures, right? Those couple of short stay and several long stay measures, the ones that impact SNF QRP, the ones that impact value-based purchasing. Some people are very concerned with the ones that are only publicly reported. And I think that's great. You want your report card that's public facing on Care Compare to look good. You know, so I think certain ones are important to certain teams and certain facilities. But of course, those heavy hitters are the five-star quality measures, the ones that impact QRP and VBP. And those, the QRP and the VBP groups of quality measures are growing, as we know. Yeah. Like I said, there's some that, that concern me the most that affect all those things. And, you know, I always look Look at, at the group of people who Google. I'm going to do a Google search and I'm going to find a place to put my mom or dad. That's the reality of our life. We're going to do it when we go out to dinner. We're going to Google, you know, different products that we buy. We're going to Google skilled nursing facilities. And 20 years ago, not so common just because people didn't do that. Different generation, 20 years, that's about a different generation. Now we do a Google search. We end up on Care Compare. We end up looking up the skilled nursing facility and those stars jump right out at us right? Yep, they sure do. And that red hand, that red hand, which doesn't necessarily have to do with quality measures, but yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. In that red hand, we could argue all day whether that's a good thing or bad thing. Personally, because of the, the nature of the red hand and the, the indication it gives to the public, I think it's a bad idea. I don't think it's a well-conceived idea because of the way that it's earned, but it's there and people will see it and it's a bad thing. Red hand is not a good thing in most web searches. 
is. Nope. But what do you think people take away from that five-star quality measures thing? And how do we translate that into something that our listeners can do something about? As far as what people take away from it, I think it depends on how much, as a consumer, how much you put into understanding what that measure means. If you're just going and looking at the star rating, it's very surface level. But if you click on the link that says, tell me more about how these measures are calculated or whatever it says, I think that's more impactful because you know exactly what that particular measure means. I think that's huge. That also can be translated over to providers, right? Do administrators know what these quality measures mean, where they all come from? Like you said earlier, it's how are you going to fix my quality measures? Well, mm. listen here, we need, to, <laughs> we need to figure out what's going on first. Pay attention to the coding, pay attention to where all this information is coming from and the care and all that good stuff. But you really do need to know where the information comes from, what it means, even what the time period is that data was collected. That could have been that fall with major injury almost a year ago, right? So we have to really pay attention to all of the details and the data that go into the quality measures in order to better understand as a consumer what that means for you and potentially putting your family member in that facility and having them care for your family member, but also as a provider, how we can do better. Right. Now we know that some of our quality measures, this new user manual came out and it transitions some of these measures from a section G, an MDS section calculation to an MDS section GG calculation, which will change some of those quality measures. And we're not going to go through all the specifics here because without having graphics, it's difficult for people to hear this and understand it in the detail they need to. But some of our quality measures and some of those calculations are going to be frozen, like uh, residents who made improvements in function and those who need help with ADLs has increased and whose ability to move independently worsened and residents with fresh ulcers. Why were those frozen? They're important. Why were they frozen? Yeah, because we moved from G to GG. So they're going to freeze them now and kind of exhaust that G data and start collecting the GG data and those new late loss ADLs. Well, three of them, three of them are new to us anyway, collect the data on those new late loss ADLs so they can start to calculate the respecified measures. So we were used to bed mobility, transfers, eating and toileting. Now we've got sit to lying, sit to standing, eating, which is the one that stays the same, and then toilet transfer. You know, it's interesting because we did a you know, podcast section GG and GG and GG and GG because it's so important. And now I'm looking at, at what these measures are being replaced with. And a lot of what we're replacing some of these other measures, the functional and ADL measures, is that new discharge outcome score. So it kind of takes us back to section GG. We're moving from section G. And I say that carefully because some people are going, no, we're not. We still have our Medicaid CMI. I get that. Section G. G exists for Medicaid in some states, and it's important, super important, by the way, but Section GG is going to drive some of, or a lot of, our outcome. A lot of our outcome. So how do we help, and what's our best advice for saying, you can't pay too much attention to Section GG, and how do we simplify it for providers, administrators who need to understand this so that they can guide their teams? You do have to compartmentalize if you're in a state where you're still working on Section G because you need it for your OSA, or if you're like us crazies down here in Texas, you still need it for your LTCMIs. You do have to really compartmentalize the two and keep Section G data. So you can enter that into your assessments and get paid, you know, for Medicaid. But Section GG, and especially with this new discharge function score, needs to be paying very close attention to if that's being documented correctly, being coded correctly, because with that discharge function score, oh my gosh, like CMS is basically saying, 
we're going to basically tell you what we think their discharge function score should be based off what you put into the MDS. We'll see if you meet that or not. So it is very important to have a very good process in place for documenting a really accurate baseline and a very accurate discharge improvement score, if it's truly an improvement. Absolutely. You know, if I was an administrator, I'd be looking at, okay, uh, well, the measures, I'd want to know the measures. If we're talking about bed mobility, which ones? If we're talking about transfers, which one? If we're talking about our ambulation or gait or our wheeling ourselves in our wheelchair, want to know which measures that we're dealing with. And I'd want to know, are we getting better? Because if we don't get better, that's going to be the hitch point. After I walk 150 feet, it doesn't matter if I can walk 300 feet. It really matters. Can I walk more independently and safely? You know, it doesn't matter if I, I continue to do sit to stand transfers with standby assist over and over and over. It's can I get to a, a supervision? Can I get to an independence level? Not can I do those things repetitively? So I'd want to know, are they meeting their goals? Are they exceeding their goals? You know, are we getting them to where they're going to go home and stay at home and be at home safely? And I think that's where quality measures are going toward is not just that road exercise and walking in the halls, but it's really the quality of the performance. The important thing to keep in mind is you could be the administrator at this building who is just crushing it as far as, you know, getting patients to their goals and and really working hard on, you know, making progress and getting them more independent. If that does not translate over into your MDS, that's not good. We need to be communicating, setting a really good baseline, getting them as close to meeting their goals or exceeding their goals as we can, but then also making sure that that translates over into their MDS assessments so we can show CMS, here's here's how awesome we're doing at rehabbing these patients. They came to us like this, they left like this, because it really is, that is your report card. It 100% is. This, this measure is super important. So saying that section GG is a key to performance for your outcomes and your quality measures, probably not an overstatement, right? No, not at all. So one of the things I would encourage our listeners to do is go and read that new quality measure user manual. There's lots of information, including what's been frozen for how long, you know, and that does include some staffing type stuff. There's lots of stuff that you're going to find by reading that and some other CMS releases about what's coming up in the future. But because we're running out of time, what's your best advice for improving or maintaining quality measures? Use those quality measures as your internal tools, right? Use them to provide insight to your systems and your processes. That's their intention. Don't place sole responsibility of your quality measure performance on certain team members, MDS coordinators. (laughs) It really does. It takes the entire group. It's about doing those little things right. Get back to the basics. Don't overcomplicate the quality measures. I think that's why a lot of people steer clear and they're like, MDS coordinator, it's your fault that our quality measures are no good because they don't understand how the measures are calculated, where the information comes from. Know that you can't code your way out of a quality measure that you're performing poorly in. The saying goes like, mind the pennies and the dollars will look after themselves or whatever. Not that I'm making this, you know, tied to reimbursement, but I think that really means do those small things right. And the big things will reflect all of that hard work and intention that you've put in. That's right. The devil's in the detail, like grandma used to say, right? So one of the things I would remind, the, the best advice I could give is make sure if your team is really working on a quality measure, that everybody on the team knows which quality measure you're working on and what their role is because I can't tell you how many facilities I visited where while the quality measures was part of the QAPI, nobody on the floor seemed to know what QAPI was and, and what quality measures
measures were being worked on. So in my mind, probably wasn't happening. So with that, thank you, Megan, for joining me. I really appreciate it. That's always fun. Good. And thanks, everybody else. You guys keep listening. We'll keep talking. And this is another episode of the Buzz Podcast. We're out. (laughs) 